Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Checkerboard Chat. I'm Josh Lane, joined as always by Ethan and Riley and Andrews. Good to have you back this week. Um, got a lot to talk about. Well, not that much, but some big things to talk about as far as Tennessee basketball is concerned. Um, it's been a weird couple weeks for Tennessee basketball. We're talking both programs in general. You know, a couple weeks ago, the men go up and lose to Kentucky, and Rick Barnes was talking about changing the vibes of the team. And the women are ranked, what, as high as number four now? Yeah. And now they've lost three out of four, and the men have won five straight SEC games. So it's everything's crazy right now uh, with Tennessee basketball. But I guess just how we're doing on this Monday morning here as we as we record, and it's been a weird week of sports, I guess. It's yeah. very cold. Mm-hmm. It's cold. It's very cold outside. And I noticed when I walked into the Beacon office that it was very cold and it was very warm. <laughs> and, and, yeah, that was just kind of a yeah. shock, I guess. I, I've said numerous times, maybe not on this, that I just can't function before 9 o'clock in the morning. So that just kind of, I, I don't know, my body took a screenshot. <laughs> well, it's it's a good thing we're only four minutes from 9. So, so yeah. we'll, we'll, four let, minutes, we'll let somebody else talk. four minutes, Ethan should be able to function. Yeah, I'm just going <laughs> to shut up for the first five minutes. <laughs> I will say... Air conditioning slash indoor heating has got to be one of the greatest inventions of all time. Yeah. It's just way too cold to function, though. Yeah, I agree. Otherwise. So, I guess let's start with by looking at the men's. Um, this week, went 2-0. and Texas A&M traveled to South Carolina, picked up two wins. Kind of the same story in the sense that the, the offensive droughts, the scoring droughts were still there. Um but they, they pulled out a couple, two good wins there, kind of gr- grinding through Texas A&M. They, the Aggies made it close there in the end and even in the first half. But the Vols pulled away then. South Carolina, again, close in the first half. South Carolina even led a uh, really nice second half there at South Carolina. Um, pulled away and they ended up winning by 24 points. So I guess just to start off, what are your biggest takeaways from the men's team this week? I mean, takeaway number one has to be Josiah Jordan-James becoming a competent offensive basketball player. I mean, he's always – I was talking with some friends last night, and they were asking me, like, who do you think the best player on the team is, like the most complete player on the team? And I told them straight up, I was like, if Josiah Jordan-James can keep this offensive stuff going, it's absolutely him because he always has been. Defensively, I mean, he can get rebounds. He, he knows the assignments well. He has that experience to be able to actually contribute the way that Barnes wants him to, but he's never had a jump shot, and – it's a you know it's it's a sort small sample size, but these past two games he's legitimately looked like a really good player, like a five star player, like you know a complete player, like we thought we were getting I guess three years ago, and it's it's just nice to see because you know he has that missed shot at Texas and he kind of bounces back and hopefully he can keep that going moving forward. Yeah, I'm kind of going. I definitely agree with you. Josiah's kind of looked like the five star that everybody thought he would be, you know, coming in three years ago somehow he you know was heralded as a five-star prospect what's crazy is looking back on it, he was actually in front of Lamelo ball in like class rankings which is like unbelievable at this point obviously Lamelo's in the league now and josiah's third year in college but he'll start another day but yeah like you said the elevation of jordan basically this all-around player now kind of you know top you know minus best could be one of the top offensive players on the team and that's on the look at i think the other thing is too i think they're kind of figuring out the lineups now Folky off the bench, kind of providing that spark every once in a while. He played well these last couple of games, especially Saturday, made some good buckets. Hustling, he's he's playing a lot better. He's doing the hustle plays, getting that rebound after Sakai missed that easy layup. So to me, I think everybody's just kind of fitting after, you know, back in January, everybody's like they're not kind of gelling together. I think Barnes has finally found the lineups that would work together well, and it's proving out there on the court. 
Yeah, I, I, just to go off that, it just seems like they're finally, you know, clicking the way mm-hmm. that we kind of thought that they would. And the way we kind of saw early on in the season, um, like you said, it was nice to see, like, just some lineups that you could look at and say, okay, these lineups are, are really working. Yeah. And, you know, um, I guess from those lineups we saw Josiah Jordan-James thriving, um, Ziegler thriving, just a lot of guys getting some great offensive production. Mm-hmm. So let's take let's take a little bit of a deeper look at Josiah because I think, as, as you guys have said, this probably the most interesting part of this past week. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you said he missed the, the the potential game winner at Texas, yeah. comes out and drains the three right off the start of the game. Same thing in South Carolina. Um, I, I think for me the biggest thing you know, is that he's just been more aggressive with taking yeah. taking shots and always, you know, in the past he'd always, you know, be willing to pass it up and let his teammates play, and that's fine sometimes. But he's a good shooter. As you mentioned, five-star prospect, he can shoot like – if he just starts taking shots right. in a matter of time, they're going to start falling. I look at the last three games, eight eight three-pointers in three games. It took them the first seven games of the season to get make, to make wow. eight threes. Wow. So, like, obviously he didn't start well, but he's come on he's come on hot since yeah. that Texas game. Yeah. I think that that aggressiveness that he's finally showing that Rick Barnes is saying all year, you got to do this, you got to, you know, it's fine to be selfish mm-hmm. and take a shot or not, and I think yeah. that's probably the biggest change for him. Yeah, yeah the, the misnomer about his game has always been that he can't shoot, and I, I've always thought that was a lie. He can he can absolutely mm-hmm. shoot. I believe he was shooting like 33, 34% from three last season. It's yeah. like he's a perfectly, not an elite shooter, but he's a perfectly fine shooter, and that's, that's showing in the past couple games. He's... I believe 40, 39.2, something like that. 39.2% from three in the past five games. And he started the season like 23%, like like Josh yeah. said. He was missing everything. And I think that's just sort of a, a mental thing with him. Yeah. I think, you know, he wasn't quite where he wanted to be at that point. He didn't quite know what his role on this team was. But like Josh said, he looks like a completely different player. He's driving the lane. He's actually, like, doing stuff that he – just has never done before. He's mm-hmm. he's being selfish is, is what it is. And that's good. Like well, every, so. every every once in a while. Basketball is kind of a selfish game. <laughs> like, like the NFL you think about teams. The NBA you think about players. Yes. That's that's just how the game is is kind of ordinated. Yeah. And so to see Josiah start, sort of start to take this next step, it's it's really interesting to see and hopefully it has some merit to it. And I think we talk about bona fide leaders. He has proven to me to be the bona fide leader of this basketball team. Mm-hmm. You know, on defense, offensively, I feel like at this point it's kind of running through him. I mean, obviously, point blank Texas, the final shot was to give it to him. I mean, he was wide open, just missed, whatever. But these last couple of games, like we've been talking about, he's shooting well and wanting to shoot now. That's something we haven't seen from him in three years. You know, coming in as a freshman, he kind of felt a little passive at some times, not taking his shots, wanting, you know, Vescovy, Chandler, Keon Johnson, Jane Springer to take their shots. Now it's like, okay, you know, I'm a junior. It's my time to shine. I think he's just finally grown into that role that we thought he would be three years ago, just taking some time as ex- you know not expected, but some good time on his hands. Barnes and company have elevated him to what he is now, and it's finally just showing on the court. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we're seeing from you know him playing selfish basketball and him scoring the ball a lot. Yeah. It's kind of boosting the team, maybe. Yes. Um, you know, it just gets everybody going because you see in that game. Several, both those games, several players in double digits. Um, a lot of guys taking shots that maybe they wouldn't. Maybe seeing their leader, like you said, yeah. seeing the leader take shots that um, he hasn't in the past, and just thinking, okay, well, if if he's taking these shots, and you know, we can all start get start to get going on offense. Um, and then another number that kind of jumped out from the A and M game: five for five from free throws. I like that he's driving to the lane and, mm-hmm. and not backing down from 
uh, contact like maybe he would in the past. Yeah, and I think for one thing with him too, with him finally shooting, it opens up the floor for everybody else. You know, previously defenses could, you know, like, oh, he's not going to shoot, he doesn't want to, or he's not good at shooting. And now he can finally, he's respectable on offense, driving the lane, shooting the three. Mm -hmm. A couple of those shots on Saturday where he was driving the lane and he had a guy like right in front of those couple of floaters, he made it like, I don't know how he made it, but he did. So that to me is the most impressive thing is him by being a little bit more respectable on offense, teams respecting him, and now that opens the floor for Bescovy, Chandler, Zakai, everybody else is feeding off of what he's doing. You mentioned Zakai there. I do want to talk a little bit more about him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he never ceases to amaze you. I mean, coming off the bench, I mean, it, well, just his story. It's, it's so crazy that yeah. three-star prospect should be in high school right now. Came yeah. in late, under-recruited, mm -hmm. yet here he is, super underrated, mm -hmm. coming off the bench, always an energy spark, 18 second-half points in South Carolina. The big, big reason why they pulled ahead, of course, nails two threes, goes over, throws up on the sideline, and comes out, and man, that's hilarious. But he just—that's what he's been doing all year. He's just that energizer. Yes. He's small, and he'll—he'll he'll fight for it. Yeah, and he just doesn't really seem to care what other people think about him. I think that's the thing that's coolest about it is when you're five foot nine. A lot of the things that mental thing—they can play basketball the same way that, that people who are seven foot can. They play in a different way, obviously. But he's absolutely just embraced that. You can tell. Like he doesn't care even a little bit that he's five foot nine. That yeah. guy—that he doesn't care even a yeah. little bit, and he. He genuinely believes when he's out there, he's like, I'm going to be the best defender on the court. I'm going to be the best player on the court today. Yeah. And, I mean, if Josiah didn't go nuclear, he would have been. Yeah. You know, he would have yeah. been the best player on the court. And, and he kind of, the thing is that's even more impressive about that is in the first half, he looked bad. He really looked kind of, I don't know, like shaken almost, yeah. I guess is the word. He didn't look like himself. He was about 0 for 4, 0 for 5, something like that. I tweeted something about it, and the only reason I remember this is because I had to go back on it. I was like, wow, this guy is an idiot. <laughs> like, Zakai, Zakai looks yeah. amazing right now, and, and I don't know what it was. I, I can't claim to know what it was. Maybe it was the adjustments that Barnes yeah. made, but he totally figured it out. And I mean, all 18 of those points come in the second half, and, and Josh is right. Like That's really the reason they pulled away, because everything was pretty much the same. Josiah played pretty well in both halves. You had you know good play from Olivia Kamwa, who got injured in that game. I guess we'll figure out what the extent of that is later, but sure. but yeah, no no complaints about Zakai. So I mean, Zakai was was fighting sickness through that game, so yeah. maybe yeah. at halftime he just like drank a bunch of Pedialyte or water or uh -huh. something. And that, even, was, that was good enough for him. He even said that was yeah, he even said that was why he threw up. I mean, he drank too much water. Too much water. <laughs> literally yeah. going too hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I think to kind of speak on um, what you mentioned about you know bad first half shakes off, great second half. I think that speaks a lot to his maturity, which is crazy because mm -hmm. we, you know, we were talking about he should still be in high school right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it shows how mature of a player he is that he can have a have a bad first half, not let it get to him, and just come back in and, and do his thing on offense and on defense. I think at halftime he just saw Ethan's tweets and woke up a little bit. Yeah, so probably. That's probably what actually happened. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like seriously though, I think Zakai is going to be the next. Admiral Grant that we all just like love. You know what I mean? As as Tennessee media fan bases, he's the next guy who's gonna be here for three to four years. Mm -hmm. Just the fans, everybody just throws their arms around him and wants to see this guy grow. He may not be, you know, two time SEC player of the year as, you know, um, as Grant was or Admiral who can whatever, but he has the potential to be the next, you know, just great, just all around player that we can just enjoy to just watch on the basketball court, personally. That's just my opinion about him. He has the potential to do it. He'll be here for three or four years. I think he will be. So he's going to grow so much under this unit. 
because Chandler, after this season, we don't know if he's going to stay or leave. More likely, he'll go to the pros. So Sakai could be the number one point guard next year, and that's going to be just such a great sight to see. So I'm excited just for his future here at Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the context of the South Carolina game goes, I that was their what third third road win of the year, mm-hmm. their second SEC road win, and you know we kind of kind of alluded to some of these scoring droughts at the at the top of this, but their offense is no no story has not traveled well all season. Sure. They they struggle on the road at you know at Thompson Bowling Arena. They do perfectly fine. Defense has been fine all year. Its offense has been a problem. And now back-to-back games, 90 points, 81 points, 81 points on the road. I think I think that's probably the most impressive thing. Mm-hmm. Or just you know we're looking at the team in general. Like yeah. they they went out and made a statement. Ethan, we were talking about on the way up there. Like they can't just go out here and win by 10 points or something. Yeah. I mean this is a team they beat by 20 points a couple weeks ago. Yeah. They need to go out on the road and make a statement. Win, win by a lot, and that's what they did. Yeah. And thing is too that I feel like people don't realize is South Carolina they're not a good team I'm not saying that they are a very good defensive team yeah that I mean there's the numbers back it up they're the number 34 defense in the nation out of 357 on Kenny and you know if you can you can choose to listen to computer numbers or not but they're often pretty accurate and they've been playing well recently Mm -hmm. offensively they're kind of a train wreck Sure. And that's why their their score is so low. That's why they haven't been able to win games because they just can't score. But their defense has always kept them in games. That has never been a problem for for the Gamecocks. So for Tennessee to go out there and you know just just bully them really on the road and in a good road environment, it was you know those cool fans there. Like it was it was a nice environment out, out there. And, and for them to go out and win that 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 speaks a lot to the step that this team is taking forward. I think. Get it to South Carolina, but that was one of the better wins of the year, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, it's just South Carolina, but you go on the road and you win that. That means so much more than just beating yeah. South Carolina by twenty at home. Oh yeah, that's a that's a team booster right there. Going on the road yesterday, I mean, excuse me, Saturday, and winning by twenty four. That's a statement win, if you ask me. Yeah. Like you said, yes, it is South Carolina. They're kind of the middle of the pack team. They're kind of I think before Saturday they were tied for six, like a log jam at six right now. Mm-hmm. But like any SEC road win like that. That's not something to scoff at. Like, yeah, it might be South Carolina, but like you said, they're a top 35 defense, and they hung 81 on them like that, one by 24, shut that down completely. Uh, you know, what they shoot from three? Like 12? Well, they, did they make 12? Yeah. 12, 12 or 27. 12 or 20? 14, 14, 14, 14, 14? That's impressive. Yeah. I mean, the shooting is finally coming alive again Plus te- after Texas, and like you said, coming on the road and shooting like that, that's kind of one of the first times – They've done that all season because, like, against Colorado, this may have scored 56, 58 points. Mm-hmm. Vanderbilt scored 68 points. Yep. So to shoot like that against South Carolina on the road against, you know, top 35 defense, like we said, that's impressive to me. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I think it just kind of marks, we were talking about before we are recording, a, a flip, kind of a flip in this team. Mm-hmm. Um, that just shows the, the flip of a team that kind of only looks good at home, yeah. looks iffy on the road to come in and, and just have a performance that you would think that they're the home team yeah, um, just exactly. based on how they're playing. Exactly. Yeah, and, I mean, Mississippi State coming up next, that's another way game. Another way game, That's, yeah. that's another one that is, is definitely on the docket that Tennessee should be yeah. looking to win that one by a lot too. Because Mississippi State, that's they're like South Carolina, just, you know, take a step or two sure. up. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mississippi State's a good team. They might make the tournament. They might be like a 10, yeah. maybe 11. You know, they could squeak in, especially if they win against Tennessee. So they're going to be, you know, really looking to win this one. But... 
I mean, that's that's where you take a step forward. That's right. where this consistency thing comes in. You can't just mm-hmm. can't just beat South Carolina, look promising, and then get whipped on in, yeah. in a, another away game. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was going to be the next thing I asked is Tennessee's got, I think, eight games remaining. Half mm-hmm. of those are on the road. Yeah. I mentioned Mississippi State, Missouri, Georgia, and that Arkansas. Not necessarily in that order. I think they're a little flip. But and all of those minus Arkansas are very winnable. Yeah. Like those are, you know, four. Tennessee should go at least three and one in those games. They should. Should. But the thing is, though, can the offense travel again? Can you do it consistently? That to me is just a big question mark. And they haven't done it up until this point. Mm-hmm. So can you do it again on Wednesday on the road, like you said, at Mississippi State, which is not an easy place to play in Sarksville, no, no, far from home? Can they do it again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one thing to to speak on too, Ethan kind of mentioned this. These teams are hungry for a tournament bid and yes. a win against Tennessee, a win against, you know, a top SEC team is going to look great for that. Yes. And the SEC is pretty good this year, so none of these teams can really be counted out um, regardless of their record. Right. Maybe a few teams. Yeah, there's, there's going to be seven teams, probably at the very least, in the yeah. SEC that make it. And maybe Florida, maybe Mississippi State. Those right. are the two that are kind of, I think one of Mississippi State and Florida will make it. And, you know, I've I've already beat this horse, but you got a team like Arkansas, who, holy cow, I think they've won like eight, seven in a row. Yeah, they're hot. And, yeah. you know, Arkansas is playing well. They were kind of struggling to start SEC play, but they've rounded into yes. form. So they're, they're, I mean, as long as they don't lose all the rest of their games, which I don't think they will, <laughs> they're going to be an SC, they're going to be an NCAA tournament yeah. team. And Mississippi yeah. State, like I said, they're looking to be an NCAA tournament team. So they're going to bring their best. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, Iverson, Molinar, they're, they're nothing to joke about. No. So, so this this would be a legitimate, very very good win for Tennessee. Agreed. It's a I'll say a very good win against South Carolina. This could be two varies. Two varies. We could yeah. be looking at two varies here. <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, it, you just can't really overstate how important no. it is for them to just keep going forward, like mm-hmm. sh- show progress yes. instead of kind of showing progress and taking a step Because back. you show progress, and then you pull an egg like you did at Texas. Yep. So exactly. that can't happen again. They won been, three in a row before losing Exactly, Texas. exactly. So that to me, that, that you got to show growth in that way. Keep the momentum going. Be who you're supposed to be, like they have been lately. Do it again on Wednesday, and then we'll be like, yep, consistency is finally coming together, and that would make us very happy. Mm-hmm. Not, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but... Tennessee tied for third right now in the SEC with Arkansas. As we mentioned, mm-hmm. they're both at seven three. Kentucky's a game ahead at eight and two. Auburn, of course, ten and zero undefeated. I mean, where do we think Tennessee's going to end up in the in the final standings in the SEC? I mean, you play all you, Arkansas twice, Kentucky and Auburn at home. Tennessee's been a totally different team at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, they've got chance. I don't know. I don't want to say it's it's a necessarily good chance, but like they've got chance to move up in the standings. You know, they can definitely control their own destiny, so mm-hmm. to speak. So, I mean, just right now, February 7th, if you just want to take a wild guess, where was Tennessee going to be in a month? I'd, I'd say SEC tournament, they'd probably be a four, four, three, because in my opinion, I see three losses remaining. I see Kentucky, who in my opinion is winning a national championship. You've got Auburn, who is probably making a elite eight. Oh, I mean, Bruce Pearl, and they just seem to have Tennessee's number, so I'm never, ever going to say that Tennessee's going to beat Auburn. I don't know, you never know. If they keep yeah. playing like they are, yeah. you never know. And then one of the Arkansas's, I feel like Arkansas is just playing really hot right now, so if you kind of add all that up, I'm saying around a 12-6 and six record, which is good enough for around yeah. four, five, yeah. three maybe, depending on who you beat. You know, if you, if you can knock off Auburn, if you can knock off Kentucky, maybe Steel we can. Win. Maybe we can start talking about two. But Auburn kind of has number one locked up. Yeah. So so winning the SEC outright in the regular season, that's not going to happen in my opinion. As far as the NCAA tournament goes, 
It could be anything because you've got you've got all sorts of teams from these mid major conferences that are making legitimate runs at bid stealing this season. Yeah. And you know the SEC is up, the WCC is also up, the I think AAC is also up. They've got a couple teams that might make it from usually a one big league. One big league and you got you know Big Ten playing low. You'd, I mean, there's just a lot of good teams yeah. in college basketball, a lot of parity in college basketball this season. Yeah. So I'll, I'll make a tentative guess at like five. Yeah. But who knows, to be honest with you. I, I couldn't tell you about the NCAA tournament. Tennessee needs to be a top four seed for the SEC, though. They need that double oh, yeah. line. That's yeah. big. So, like you said, four, three, four is very realistic. Because top two, to me, that's that's a lock. It's Auburn, Kentucky, flip however you want if they can get down that way. But three, four needs to happen. If they fall out of the top four, to me, that's, I wouldn't say a failure, but that's kind of a disappointment, if mm-hmm. you ask me. Because they should, they're the third or the fourth best team in the SEC, in my opinion, personally. i Alabama's kind of fallen off. LSU, they have fallen off a cliff. Yeah. So Tennessee has made the point to be a third or fourth, you know, with Arkansas. So they need to be a top four. I think that's where they'll end up. Like Ethan said, twelve and six, thirteen and five. Maybe if they still a win against, you know, another Arkansas win or Auburn, Kentucky. So those games are toss up with them being at home. With Auburn playing as lackluster as they have been lately against, you know, Missouri and against Georgia, stealing wins. And those are at their places. Imagine them coming to Thompson Bowling Green, already sold out place. So that, to me, that could be an interesting game, 26. Um, so, like I said, Tennessee top three, top four should be where they need they need to be there. Like Ethan said, five, That I think they're projected as a six lately mm-hmm. with Lenardi. So I think the highest thing goes probably a four seed in each of the tournament, but five, six is probably more, a little more realistic. Yeah, and, and let me jump in and just provide some clarity to what I was saying. I, I didn't mean to say the AAC. I meant to say the NWC, and I know that we're talking about the balls on this, but this kind of fits into, into what we're talking about. Last season, the NWC had two bids from March Madness. This season, there's a very real possibility they get five. Yeah. Very, and th- this, is a, this is a league that is usually a one-big league, yeah. maybe a two-bid league at yeah. most. When you got five teams like this coming in, like there's gonna be there's gonna be spots all over the place. And you know, it's good that Tennessee won when they did. It's good that Tennessee got enough wins and you know is starting to play their best basketball mm-hmm. right now. Because a team like Mississippi State, a team like Florida, they're sweating right now. Yeah. Over like San Diego State. Yeah, <laughs> that's, exactly. That's not good. It's not you good, know, yeah. that, that's that's not good in, in in the larger scale of things for the SEC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as you guys. Three to four. I I'm a little bit more confident. I think they win both these Arkansas games. Um, I think they're playing well, like you said, at the right time. Arkansas is playing well, too, but I think Tennessee is a more mature team and is going to win a game like that, both games like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Tennessee plays Mississippi State in Starkville Wednesday at 9 p.m., and then they'll host Vanderbilt uh, Saturday at 6. God, late night. Yeah. Jesus gracious. Yeah, late night. I guess Love those 9 o'clock tip-offs. I guess there's a time change there, so oh, it's, it's a little better in Mississippi. Central time. Yeah, right. <laughs> Easter time is superior. That's it's superior. Sure. It's God's time, if you ask me. <laughs> Anyways, we'll have a uh, full coverage of both of those on ET. What's our website? ET. Daily, 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 Daily Beacon. So what nice I hear. Job, Josh. I'm trying to remember. Sports the, editor. Trying to remember the yeah. UTDailyBeacon.com. Man, it's like it's, it's early. All right, let's transition to the women's team now. We've got our two uh, women's beat writers here. What is going on with the women's team? I mean, a week ago they. They had just lost to Auburn by 10 at Auburn. And we said, okay, well, off days happen in college basketball. Sometimes Auburn gets hot. You know, you have one bad game. It just, sure. It's going to happen. Sure. Put it past them. They have Arkansas coming up. Who's a good team? But this is a chance for them to make a statement. They squeak out a win in overtime. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, I mean, wins a win, but they didn't look that good, I don't think. They go on the road, lose to Florida, buy a lot, go up to UConn, lose there, buy a lot. Yeah. I mean, they were ranked, what, number four last week? Mm-hmm. Now they're number seven, probably falling out they're of the dropping, top ten, yeah. if I had yeah. to guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, what's what's going on with them? They've lost three of their last four now. Just the narrative is totally totally shifted with the Lady Vols. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at Auburn, the Auburn loss, and you say, okay, this loss looks bad, but, you know, off day, like you said, off days happen. Mm-hmm. Auburn is a team that on the surface looks bad. You take a closer look. They're actually a decent team. Yes. Then you lose to Florida, and that's when you start to really ask questions. And then going to UConn, get absolutely blown out. And uh, Kelly Harper said in the press conference yesterday that the answer to their problems was key and green. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's it. That's really the the big loss from of key and green in the Georgia game has just set them off the tracks a little bit. Um, they're searching for answers. They're searching for a leader. Um, you know, Ray Burrell's still not at 100%. Um, and they're honestly just a team that's kind of lost right now and looking to, to get back on the track. Their season's not over by any means. There's still a lot of basketball left to be played. But, um, you know, they've got to find that answer to, to who's going to be the leader, who's going to be who's going to step up. Um, and, yeah, I think that's kind of the clear answer for yeah. the problems right now. Yeah, just kind of going back kind of down the – path as you did that Auburn game you know like you said games happen because like South Carolina lost to Missouri earlier in the season they had Missouri had eight players and they lost so that happens but then you go like you said lose to Florida by 24 heading into Florida they'd won seven straight in Gainesville 17 last 18 overall against Florida and you're like yeah that one's kind of a question mark and then going into Connecticut you know we as media we were you know thinking like yes we expected Tennessee to play better not necessarily win but the motivation should have been there. Huge rivalry game, obviously, and they get blown up by 19. The game is never in. The game is never close, in my opinion. First half was they're down by seven. Third quarter, the game was just out of reach at that point. UConn explodes in third quarter. Tennessee could not buy a bucket. So, like you, the answer is just simply just Keen Green. Mm-hmm. Multiple media, like Maria Cornelius, a lot of other people have said Keen Green was the bona fide leader of this basketball team, and it is evident. It's key. They're one and three since she has gone out with an injury. Mm-hmm. They could be 0-4. They had to squeak out a win against Arkansas in overtime. So they could very well have been 0-4 since she's been down the last two weeks. So, and like you said yesterday, Coach Harper said it's Ken Green. they got to find their confidence right now. They are just, they're down and out. They don't look. I mean, besides Jordan Horston, who on yesterday had 26 points, she just completely mm-hmm. balled out. After her, nobody else really did anything. The next high score was Ray with 11. So, to me, they just got to find some answers immediately. Confidence is definitely low. Luckily, they're back home for a little bit, can take some time off, regroup, recuperate. That was a long week they had last week, so they just need to come together, find themselves, and just get ready for Missouri on Thursday. Yeah, and another point of emphasis is Tamari Key's kind of been off yes. in her play recently. You know, at, before in the – Going into the Georgia game, I thought Tamari Key looked like the best player on the team. Yeah. Or, you know, one of. One Jordan Horst yes. is probably the best right now. But, um, you know, she's not getting as many touches recently. She had – I don't know if she had a single block yesterday. Maybe, she one, definitely, maybe one. Yeah, she definitely didn't have any blocks in Florida, which is crazy for a player yeah. that's, you know, getting five or six blocks a game, has had ten blocks multiple times this season. Um, she just looks off kilter a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if it's a confidence thing. I don't know if – you know, she's just 
not feeling it right now, but right. The, you know they've got to play through her if they yeah. if they want a shot at you know a deep run in the in the tournament. And I think another thing is too, like you said, Tamari Key. I'm looking at Jordan Walker yesterday. She played 31 mm-hmm. minutes and didn't score a single point. Yeah. Hmm. So point guard play right now is a is kind of not the greatest. Right now, Brooklyn Miles has done well off the bench previous games, but her and her and Jordan to me have not done too much lately. I think defenders are kind of. They're frustrating Jordan a lot yesterday. Uh, excuse me. Well, they have been lately. UConn did especially yesterday. They've been turning turnovers weren't terrible. Well, they've been better for Tennessee, but it's just last couple of games cannot stop anybody mm-hmm. offensively. Cannot just keep the rhythm minus Jordan Horston um, and Ray Burrell. She has the potential. It's just her. I think her injury is still kind of there. It's on the back of her head. It's mm-hmm. kind of more of a mental thing for her. But after them too, like it's a Tamar Keys really not doing anything at this point. So. I just need to find some answers, whether it's Jordan Walker or Ray Braille getting more touches. So I they can find it. It's just when, are, when, when is it going to happen? Yeah, well, that, that's kind of leading into the next thing I was going to ask. I think you guys have already hinted on it. Is this just like a bad I – mean, even then you can have a bad week in college basketball, or is this a deeper issue within the team, within the makeup of their team? And I think after hearing what you guys have to say, I think it's kind of that. But if, if losing Keen Green is that bad – I think there's probably some deeper issues, a, a bench piece, and you know maybe she's kind of comparable to Zakai coming in and mm-hmm. being that spark off the bench. Yes. Um, but if losing losing her, I mean a bench piece at the end of the day, if that's what it is, I think that that just raises more questions for Lady Vols because she's not coming back. No, her she's her not. season is over. Yeah. Like, yeah, she was a big presence. They're gonna have to figure something out, regardless. Yeah. And I don't know. I guess. Proceeded issues, or what are you gonna? I'll, I'll just say, I mean, Ray Burrell was also out. About they played say, yeah. perfectly fine, right? Right. right. You know, I, I, I'm not on the women's beat, but obviously, I follow them well enough to, to you know, you know, know the dynamic of the team, and they played perfectly fine without Ray Burrell. I mean, yeah. Maybe not perfectly fine, maybe not to their full potential, but they, lost they played better game. than they're playing yeah. right now without a bench player. Yeah. So exactly. what do you what do you talk that down to? Yeah. I, I mean, for me, I see that as. You lose Britt Rayburell when you're playing teams that are, you know, not Power Five, mm. not great teams, and you have a chance to kind of figure out who your team is without Rayburell. Right now, you're in the height of SEC play. You just played, you know, one of your biggest rivals. Um, it's you. It's two totally different points in the season, um, and I think mm-hmm. it's just it's harder to make those adjustments when you've already gotten into your rhythm, right. you know, with the players you have, with the lineup you have. So that's what I see it as. And like, and like you said, Ray Rail went down 9-1. Mm-hmm. So, like, there wasn't, you know, they already hadn't had set in stone lineups sure. and hadn't been gotten in the rhythm. Mm-hmm. So I think it was easier for them to get over Ray's injury, and they did. They lost one game to Stanford, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And now they go into the middle of the season, they lose Kean Green, who is a staple off the bench, the backup to Tamari Key. And that, to me, is another issue. After Tamari Key, I don't know who they go to anymore. Yeah. So that is another glaring issue. But like you said, Kean Green being in the lineup for you know, basically half the season, and now she's gone, that is huge. Mm-hmm. So now Key, Coach Harper has to find a new lineup, middle of the season, running people in and out. Nothing has been just consistent at this point for the past two weeks. So that, like you said, that Ray Braille's injury was big, and they they were fine without her. But now with Keen Green, that's just a completely totally different sort of my opinion. So, so, so to kind of you know quote what Rick Barnes said a couple weeks ago at Kentucky, how what do the Lady Vols need to do to change the vibe of the team to shake something up? Because I mean, obviously it's not working right now. I mean, they've got looking at their schedule. They still got to go to South Carolina. Yeah. Like that's that's going to be a tough game. And they got LSU too. Yeah, next next Sunday. So. Mm-hmm. 
it's not it's not going to be it's not going to be easy for Lady Vols. They've got six games left, I think, in the SEC tournament. Yeah. I mean, they're I guess they're still kind of in in fighting contention for some of those right. top two seeds in the probably not the top seed, but that maybe number two or three in the in the SEC. But yeah. what what do they need to do to? I guess that's a hard question to ask. <laughs> if we knew, it'd be easy. But like any idea what they're what they need to do? You know, yeah, I mean everything. What what they need to look at? Everything's still in front of them. You know, they can still, they're going to easily get a top four seed, in my opinion, get a double bye in this easy tournament. They're going to be a high seed in this play tournament. They can still host, be a two, three, four, whatever it might be. So everything is still in front of them. Mm-hmm. They don't need to, you know, get down and out. Yes, King Green's out, but they need to realize she's not coming back. That just needs to be in the back of their mind. Like, yes, we got to see somebody step up, whether it's, you know, we, Jordan Horson's fine. You know, she's scoring 26 mm-hmm. points to do what she can. Ray Burrell, Tamara Key, Jordan Walker. These girls have got to step up and just make up for the loss of King Green off the bench. Sarah Puckett's been doing fine, but she's she is an, also a freshman. Where the veterans, Jordan Walker has been playing for four years. She's a graduate. Tamarkey is her third year. Mm-hmm. Elevation is there. She's a top shot blocker. Where are those blocks at again? Her paralysis down low. Ray Brilli, yes, I get that you're injured, but you still can make an impact whether it's on the floor, off the floor. Something just needs to change. We just need to see some more leadership just kind of step up and elevate the play of everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think this team is very mental, which can be a good thing when because when you're hot, you know, you're feeling it, you're confident. Yes. But you know, when you have something like your one of your team's leaders go out, that really affects you. Yes. But I think to be a top team in the SEC and really the nation at this nation, point, yeah. um, you can't you can't let something like that just completely derail you. So right. I think you need to use these next three games. They've got Missouri, Vandy, and then Alabama, which you know those aren't insanely tough games to win yeah i think you need to go in and, and figure out who you are without key and green right. um i think they're are they back home i think they're back home yeah for, they're back for, home for, for, for the two first games. two yeah yes. and then they're in alabama yeah. and then obviously you've got south carolina the best team in the nation right so. um so i think you use these three games to figure out who you are mm-hmm. you get tamari key the more touches because yes. you know that's they were looking great when they were running the offense through her and jordan horston you know maybe ray burrell gets going Jordan Walker needs to, you know, get back to how she can be offensively. Right. Um, and even the role players, you know, Sarah Puckett, she knocked down a couple of threes yesterday. Yes. She's got to get back to to doing that. Um, Brooklyn Miles just being a floor general and yes. a, a defensive menace. You know, these players have just got to get back to where they were um, when they looked like one of the best teams in the country yeah. against Georgia a few weeks ago. And I think one thing, too, Coach Harper said yesterday, they don't have anything inside presence-wise. So they have to get tomorrow. She needs to touch the ball at least every single possession mm-hmm. because she is 6'6", kind of 6'7". She just draws so much attention down there that leaves everybody else so open because yesterday we saw too much ISO ball, mm-hmm. and they're not going to be a team like UConn just trying to beat them off the dribble, and then they would attack, and then they would miss a layup, get blocked. It's just not going to happen. Tamari Key needs touches inside, or somebody does, to be able to draw the defense, Honestly, I would put Jordan Horson down there, get her touches on the block. Mm-hmm. She can make it work. She can make it happen. Floor general, like you said, get somebody open. Ray, Jordan Walker, test Darby to stop to spot off from three. Mm-hmm. So simple inside touches just make the world go round for basketball. So just get the ball inside, like Coach Harper said yesterday, and that would honestly that could solve some of their problems. Not all, but it can fix the offensive woes they have lately. Yeah, and I think it should be of note. Tamara Key's played thirty plus minutes multiple times this season, yeah. so she can you know she, she can, can stay it. in the game as you know as long as she didn't get in foul trouble. Sure. Yesterday she was in foul trouble, um, but you know I if I'm Kelly Harper I don't 
I don't hesitate to leave Tamara Key on the floor as as long as she can, you know, stay out of foul trouble because yeah. you kind of need that. Because um, <laughs> after her, you, yeah, like you said, I don't know who you look to yeah. for paint presence. So I mean, they tried Emily Saunders yesterday. She really didn't do. She just didn't do too much on the floor. Caroline Strickland played in garbage minutes. So yeah. I mean, it clearly after Tamari, I don't know if Coach Harper necessarily, you know, <laughs> trusts right now in those two. Mm-hmm. So Tamari needs to do her best to stay on the floor as much as possible. Because like I said, after her. There's not much going on. Mm-hmm. So, also, Alexis Dye has not been doing too well lately either. Yeah. And she's another inside presence. You know, a Sunbelt Player of the Year last year for Troy. These last couple of games, she really hasn't done too much. Mm-hmm. So, I want to see her get more involved in the post and just more inside touches, like I said. So, so. so what's been Kelly Harper's message and how, how has she handled this? I've seen, yeah. and, and I think it's kind of ridiculous, a lot of people are up in arms over Kelly Harper and losing three games. Everyone's so nearsighted. I hate those that. people. Those they people on Twitter the, make me so Yeah, mad. they can always see the losing streak. And we forgot where the program was like yes. a week ago. But still, I mean, what what has Kelly Harper's message been through this? I mean, well, just kind of going off more of the coaches thing, people, like you said, a while ago against Rick Barnes, fire Rick Barnes, look what they're doing now. So, I mean, these people that are just idiots on social media just jump to conclusions. Mm-hmm. Like, where were you, were you all this – where was this energy when they were, you know, had one loss in the season, best start since 07-08? Mm-hmm. So I hope they keep that same energy when Coach Harper and company do pick it up. Because, honestly, yesterday they were already at disadvantage because UConn's players were mostly five stars. Mm-hmm. And Tennessee ran out there, a grad transfer, and Jordan Walker is at Western Michigan two years ago. Tess Star was a three-star. Jordan Horson was a five-star number two player in 2019. Um, Alexis Dye was at Troy last year, hadn't played against UConn ever, mm-hmm. and Tamara Key was a five-star, the 47th prospect, I think, in 18 or 19. So the comparison of the roster is just UConn by far, and so that just, to me, points to Coach Harper getting more out of her players, the coaching that she has done all season to that point. So I think what she's just going to do is just go back to her roots, do what they've been doing all season, like girls. You have done so well just because one player is out doesn't mean you all just need to just jump off a cliff right now. They just need to regroup, come together, practice, just fix a couple of things, and they'll be fine. Coach, mm-hmm. I trust in Coach Harper and her staff. She has one of the best staffs in the country. They'll get back to what they're doing. Yeah, and I think some people sometimes forget Kelly Harper has been in this situation. You know, she's been on. Yes. She's been on some of the greatest Lady Vols teams on all time. She's won a national championship. Yeah. She's, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, coached under. Um, the greatest women's basketball coach, greatest time. one of the greatest basketball yes. coaches of all time. Um, she's been in a place where people are are calling her team to question and saying, "Is this a team who we thought that they were?" So you know, I think if there's any coach in the SEC right now that can handle something like this, it's her. So yeah. um, I, if I'm a Lady Vols fan, I'm not, I'm not too scared right now. You know, I'm I not think, either, just because everything's in front of them. Mm-hmm. They're they're fine. They're they're still number two in the SEC standings, right behind South Carolina because. Yeah. You're not gonna. You're, they're the best team in the country. That's yeah. gonna be hard to overtop them. So being second right now, where you should be, they're fine. Mm-hmm. Everything's in front of them. They can still end the season on a very high note. So no one should be panicking right now. Yeah, and I think every press conference that they've lost, she's mentioned. Um, you know, there's like something along the lines of there's still a lot of basketball to be yes. played. So I think that's probably her message to the team right now. It's yes. just saying, you know, don't. This season's not over. No. Um, We've had a couple of losses, but you know we've got the rest of the season to clean it up and get ready for the for postseason. Mm-hmm. So, hold on, Tennessee fans, be patient. 
Give yeah. it a week. We've seen it with the men's team. It's basketball. Everything can change. It's yeah. a long season. I, I, as you mentioned, that UConn loss wasn't SEC, so it's not the end of the world. No. They've still got, what, just two SEC losses, right? Yes. Yeah. So they're doing fine. Again, um, Missouri this week on Thursday, Vandy on Sunday, both here at in Knoxville. Um, so we'll have coverage of that at utdailybeacon.com. Um, I think that's going to do for today. The only other uh, real Tennessee news was the Alvin Kamara stuff last night at the Pro Bowl, but not much is out on that. So don't want to get too far into that right One now. One final thing. we got to pick the Super Bowl, right? I mean, oh, the Super that's right. we got to okay. pick it. We I might as well, like right? That's fair. Let's, that let's, let's give some context to the Alvin thing. If you haven't heard, yeah. he played in the Pro Bowl, which is just a joke of a football game. It, I mean, it's I'm a glorified sure, scrimmage. I'm not sure who watches the Pro Bowl, but no, apparently a fan, some someone watched the Pro Bowl and must have gotten an Alvin set. I saw something that a fan was like playing with his hair. Or something like that. I'm not sure if that's true. Yeah. I'm just, you know, doing my due diligence. I'm not sure if that's true. So yeah. don't just go. Camara was but, arrested for but, battery. In yeah. Vegas, by the way. <laughs> but pretty much, I, I was, I was getting to that. He pretty much just beat someone up and, and was yeah. arrested for battery with substantial bon, um, bodily harm, which is a felony yeah. in Las Vegas. Um, obviously, not a very good thing for the no. former Vol. I believe I saw that he posted bail and he's not currently in custody anymore. Yeah. Um. But yeah, regardless, there will be more info coming out about that soon. I'm guessing from somewhere, yeah. you know, still a developing story. But yeah, interesting stuff we'll coming see. out of Las Vegas. Yeah, definitely. I I'm just on this note. I read your uh, Vols and NFL recap. Yeah. He Alvin Kamara was our offensive or whatever offensive player, player of the year. year. Yeah. Is it if and not 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 that he would win it. In, in the really NFL, NFL. Yeah. is it still like ethical to give somebody an award? <laughs> well, like I, did, I did, the, I did that I know, before I, he got that's arrested. What I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it really depends on the context, in yeah. my opinion, because yeah. there's a lot. I, I was telling Josh this earlier, and I'm not jumping to defend the guy because yeah. obviously, like, police wouldn't arrest him if he didn't do something sure. that was probably yeah. warranted. warranted. But, like, when it comes down to it, we don't know the whole story. We don't, yeah. I mean, someone could have been, you know saying Rachel slurs towards the right, <laughs> you exactly. know, We just have no idea have what's no happening. Idea. He, and yeah. he also could have just hunted about in cold blood. We have no idea. But, yeah. I mean, just, I I don't know Alvin. But from what yeah. I've heard, the dude is a totally just not bothered kind yeah. of guy. So, so it kind of came out of left field. Something, yeah. something had shocked. to get him turned yeah. a little bit. I don't bit, know. Yeah. I'm not going to claim to know Alvin Kamara. But, right. I mean, that's kind of where the story ends. Yeah. We just don't know right now. So we got a little sidetracked. Let's go back to the Super Bowl. It's <laughs> <laughs> not sidetracked. It's still, it's still on the, the same thing, yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, as well. I mean, am I gonna get this started? Yeah. All right. So Rams Bengals. I think it's gonna be a great game. I just think it's the Rams to lose at this point. They're in SoFi. They traded for Matthew Stafford. They got all these superstars. I get Joe Burrow's on the other side, but to me, it's the Rams. It it just kind of seems to me it's a Cinderella story. It just it just seems like it's written that way to be the Rams Super Bowl. So I got them winning. I've subscribed to the Joe Burrow main character theory okay. <laughs> um, ever since he got punked by that guy at, at Central Florida. Yeah, he's just been like an animal. Sure. And I I don't think he can do any wrong. I think he's gonna win ten Super Bowls in his career. And I'm, I'm just kidding, but I do I do think he's gonna win this one. Okay. I I can't count out the Bengals right now. I gotta give a shout out to almost Vol T Higgins. Yeah. You know, that was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> but you know, you know, Knoxville guy, Oak Ridge guy, going up there in the Super Bowl. It's cool to see for all the people around Knoxville, around yeah. Oak Ridge, um, see him ball out, be the legitimate number two wide receiver on that team. So mm-hmm. I'm going for the Bengals, but I also think the Bengals are just they're on a streak right now, and, yeah, and ultimately that's what it comes down to is just is bet the high end. 
Yeah, I would say I'm probably the least informed NFL guy out of <laughs> um, But I have watched, I watched all the playoffs, and I'm going to make a hard decision more than a head decision sure. and say Bengals win. So, yeah. yeah, I do I do like the Rams a lot. I like I like Matt Stafford, and I've, I've always got respect for a team that's willing to pay to win. Um, that doesn't that doesn't care. That does not care about first round picks. We're we're gonna buy. We're gonna buy a great defense. Trade for Von Miller and Jalen Ramsey and everybody else. I respect that. Um, so Rams, I like you, but something about the Bengals, man. Joe Burrow. Something about. I can't. I can't bet. I can't bet against them right now. I think they're gonna win on another another walk off field goal like they've done like eight times this postseason. So. I'd venture to say team and destiny almost. Yeah. All right. I mean, the I'm on an island. I love it. So next, next we'll week, we'll come back next Monday. Like, hey, what's up, y'all? <laughs> I'll tell you this. I mean, we'll, I'll just do this real fast and then we'll end here. But this is the first Super Bowl in a while. I'd be A OK with both teams winning. I love I would Matt be Stafford. too. I do too. I love honestly. Matt Stafford. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Burrow. I right won't now. be I like upset that. if my pick is wrong, honestly. Because <laughs> I, I, I could go either way, but I just think it's the Rams to lose. But like you said, I don't care if Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Higgins win. I really don't. Isn't it, yeah. isn't it fun not seeing the Chiefs, Niners, Chiefs, Bucks, Tom Brady, everybody? Because, yeah. come on, that's got to get boring after a while. This, this is nice. It's yeah. refreshing. Tom As terrific, NFL people. Tom yeah. terrific, Sal. You got the Bengals who haven't been relevant and. Since the 90s. Years. Yeah. yeah, since 1991. <laughs> so, yeah. so, I don't know, man. This is It's going to be a lot of fun. You've got two new teams for the most part. And yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward Definitely. to it. Definitely. Well, we will not have Super Bowl coverage <laughs> at utdailybeacon.com. We are strictly Tennessee. Yeah. Um, but... <laughs> Anyways, that was that was kind of dumb. Uh, but we're, we're, <laughs> we have to. It's Super Bowl week. It's a national. It's that a national holiday. Joke. We'll have someone at the Super Bowl providing live coverage. Yeah. We'll get a live stream from them. Yeah. Anyways, that's gonna do for today. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.